Hello, everybody. This is episode 51 of Bet to Win. I'm Claudia Bellafato. He is Joe Fan. We are here in the Blue Wire studio at the beautiful Win Las Vegas. Hi, Joey. How are we doing? How was your weekend? It was good. I'm a little tired. I'm, I don't the know. The time if change is brutal. And I don't know if it's for me being more social than usual because I like to just sit on my couch and do nothing. I decided to and do social things. And then, of course, the time decides to change. And now I'm just like, I need 10 coffees. But. Yeah, daylight savings is so stupid. Mm -hmm. And twice a year, we all get to complain about it. And this in the spring, it's much worse because you spring forward and you lose an hour. Although mm. the later sunsets will be nice. I agree. It gives me a chance for more evening nine holes. Uh, <laughs> golfing at the end of each day during the week, potentially. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to hate that. Yeah. But yeah, certainly waking up yesterday morning and this morning uh, were brutal. How was your betting weekend? Did you, did you, did you win a ton of I minutes or what? Did you just crush I, it? I honestly, I didn't bet a ton. Um, but the ones I put in, I put in like a few random shot props and stuff, which hit. I mostly was just watching basketball, like to enjoy it. Maybe get some nuggets for my mind when I'm putting together my brackets since I haven't been very closely watching. I'm like, maybe I should get involved a little bit. So it was more of watching and learning than betting. I threw out so much volume this week. And at oh, one I'm point, sure I did. think it was Saturday. I think I had like $250 worth of bets in. I mean, like a small amount. I bet like usually it's like 15 bucks just because I like yeah. to have the action and I don't really want to sweat like actually losing a ton of money. <laughs> Yeah. For being honest. Makes sense. And I think after all of it, I was like up $2. Well, I was like, if you were up, that's were a winning up. day. Up is up, baby. Money is money, baby. Don't spend it all in one place. Up is up. <laughs> uh, but we both cashed our winning picks on Thursday. So that was sweet. Yeah, we did. I had St. Louis who cashed. Uh, they covered minus 11 and a half comfortably against LaSalle. Beautiful. You had, was, you, yours was much sweatier. I, <laughs> I was laying six with San Diego State against Fresno. I said I'd play it up to six, which is important when you're looking at the lines because, of course, it depends if you're line shopping. You should be betting with win, but if you're line shopping, kind of say like where you would play it up to. I said I'd play it up to six, no higher. They won by seven, so we'd love to see that. Well done. Uh, it was lower scoring, kind of how we expected. Two strong defenses from both sides, but the Aztecs were missing a ton of shots, which was kind of brutal to watch, which led to their downfall when they— I had them to win the Mountain West, too, so I— Kind of had a lot of exposure with them, but I had them winning the Mountain West and then they continued to miss shots when they played Boise State. They missed two potentially game-winning shots towards the end at the stretch there. So unfortunate, but the winning pick won. So hopefully you tailed that and we move on because yep. we have plenty more March Madness on the way. First, let's talk headlines because there's one name in the NFL headlines that we thought was going that we wouldn't be hearing much of this season. Uh, and that's Tom Brady. Of course, Election Sunday, everyone, especially if you're on Twitter, it's like everyone's on Twitter just to see everyone's reactions to Election Sunday. And out of left field comes Tommy. He's back. People were expecting him to come back. Some were saying he would never. Then he posts on Twitter, these past two months, I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. I love my teammates and I love my supportive family, but apparently not too much because I can't stand to be home with them. They, I'm kidding, he didn't say that part. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa, unfinished business, LFG. Are you surprised? Let's Are you just, freaking get it, let's is what that stands for. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I mean, the drama, come on. 
Yeah. It had to be pre-planned. Did he really go home and he's like, okay, I'm bored now. Like, bro, you didn't even have, it's just stupid to I, me. I think he left the door open for this really the second he retired. I mean, he was doing interviews saying, well, never say never. I don't think he felt good about it from the jump. Um, I'll give him the, the benefit of the doubt that this wasn't a plan. Like, I'm going to retire for two months and then come back just because I need the headlines about myself. Although he may be a, a narcissist enough to, to want that and be, maybe vain enough to want that attention. Yeah. And to announce it on Selection Sunday is a little bit vain as well. Yes. But, I mean, he is the man in the arena. And he is, football is his life. And I get why it would be so hard for him to walk away when he is playing at an MVP level. If yeah. it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady would have been the MVP of the league. So when you still feel like you are a Super Bowl caliber quarterback and you can lead a team to a Lombardi trophy, I understand it being really hard to walk away. I also understand the stress and the pressure you might feel from your family to be there while your kids are growing up and the things you might miss along the way. Um, so I, it is fun to poke fun and be like, yeah, classic Tom, who's just got to be in the headlines at all times. But I, I get the struggle with walking away. I mean, he's healthy, he's in great shape, and he's playing good football. So, yeah, I understand why he would have a, a, a tough time hanging it up. And I think it also, you look at that and say, well, I guess we know where Gronk's going to go next year. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, Field Yates tweeted out too, he like, looked at the past few years when Tom Brady, it's like he either wins the Super Bowl or loses the playoff game. And it went back and forth every single year. So it's like, oh, now he's going to win the Super Bowl. I don't know. I, I, I don't see that happening just with how much quarterback talent, how much talent in general we have with the teams right now. But their odds did go from 35 to one to win the Super Bowl, now 15 to one at win bet with this Tom Brady news. I don't know. I guess it's fun. I'm a bitter Patriots fan, okay? So I'm like, yeah, whatever, your bitterness Tom, is showing. get out of here. <laughs> Leave. He's the greatest player of all time. So the, the league having um, him still around is better. And you look at yeah. the NFC and how irrelevant the NFC was appearing outside of like the Rams and Packers. I think that's probably why he was like, Then oh. Yeah, you look at the <laughs> NFC, you're like, I, I could go win that. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's all the same cast of characters that there there was last year. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's so uneven. It is. Tom's back. The timing was annoying. I mean, like, they literally brought in Adam Schefter on the Bracketology show on ESPN to talk about it. And it's just like stealing everyone's thunder mm -hmm. in the, you know, so that part of it's annoying, but I do get <laughs> why he wanted to come back. Well, Tom is back. Baseball is back, baby. Hell yeah. After 99 days, the lockout is over. MLB and the Players Association both approved a new collective bargaining agreement. So it's official. We'll have a full season. 162 games set to start on Thursday, April 7th. Spring training woo, starts this Thursday. So the question is, after all of this deliberation, what did they actually decide on? Well, a lot, but the major changes, $700,000 minimum salary for first-year players. That's up from $570,000 last year, which was the lowest among major sports. The luxury tax, yep. Luxury tax you got threshold yep. set at 230 million. And we have an expanded postseason from 10 to 12 teams. A wild card round will now be best of three. The top two division winners will get first round buys. Also, universal designated hitters rule. A player can be optioned to the minors just five times this season. No more ghost runner to second base and extra innings. Double headers now nine innings, not seven. 
and a lot more. More to come, pitch clock, limiting defensive shifts and larger bases. Um, but of course, the money matters was the biggest issue here. And they finally came to an agreement. It's it's nice. It's just nice to have baseball back. I'm so hyped. Thursday, April 7th is going to be electric. The Mariners are going to make the playoffs if they don't make the playoffs <laughs> in the 12-team format. I'm just waiting for the Chris Bryant announcement. Mm-hmm. When's Chris Bryant signing with the Mariners? Because that's the news I want. I'm going to be an absolute nut. <laughs> Why? To see how like nutty you are with March Madness. Like I just 162 games. I can't wait. Oh, I can't. man. I can't wait for Mariners baseball this year. I'm so <laughs> nervous that they're going to absolutely crush my heart again. Stay positive. You never well, I am positive. They're going to make the playoffs. 200 plus free agents still have yet to sign. So lots of they're big names. They're 40 to 1 to win the World the Series. Market. 100 bucks wins four grand. Can't wait to cash that ticket. <laughs> All right, let's talk baseball. Uh, no, let's not talk baseball. We just talked baseball. Can you tell I'm excited? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basketball. March Madness. It's here. Brackets have dropped. People are pissed off. Bum, 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 bum. Let's talk about it. <laughs> if you had to grade the selection committee's job, what would you give them? I wouldn't say I'm pissed off. I would just say there are grievances that I have. I would say I would give it a B. Okay. My my issues with the bracket are as follows. They have made it very clear that major conference tournaments mean nothing. Because you saw Tennessee, who already had a good resume with several Q1 wins in a good conference, they were already in the tournament. Then they go through the SEC and win the SEC tournament. <laughs> and they're a three seed. Yeah, it really makes sense. With Auburn as a two-seat in front of them, with Kentucky as a two-seat in front of them. Huh. Makes sense. (laughs) Strange. Iowa rolls through the Big Ten tournament. They're a five-seed. How does that happen? The the, the committee just said Michigan got... They were already on the bubble, and Michigan's still in the tournament, even even though they lost embarrassingly and melted uh, a double-digit point lead. They went 12 minutes without scoring a basket last Thursday. Lost to Indiana, they're still in the tournament. Not even the first four, but in the tournament. They have a good matchup against Colorado State, a winnable game. Boise State won the regular season in the Mountain West and the conference tournament, and they're an eight seed. Colorado State's a six seed. So let's just, Xavier and Wake Forest lost in the first round. They were already on the bubble. They're out of the tournament. They're in the NIT. Fine. But outside of that, it's like the committee already had everything placed and going into Sunday's championship games, they just said, it's all set. doesn't matter what happens with Purdue, Iowa. And then the only thing that matters is if A&M wins, they, they would be a team that has to get in. They have to make room for them. And I'm not sure who would be out at that point, but I just don't get why to even play the tournaments. I mean, I get it, you know, outside of a, a major dark horse and a power conference. And then you know, the smaller one-bid conferences where you have to win the tournament to be in. I love it because it's entertaining. It's fun to bet on. It makes for great theater going into the tournament and momentum going into the tournament. But they've just shown us time and again that they just don't matter when it comes to seeding. Um, and then my other gripe is I think AM should have gotten in for the same reason we talked about. The tournament should matter. You play those games for a reason. I think they should have gotten in instead of Michigan. Um, and then I wish they didn't put Murray State against San Francisco because those are two really talented mid-majors that I wish they had the opportunity to go toe-to-toe with the power conference school. 
um, because I think they could win. Uh, that will be a fantastic first round game between the two of them with great backcourt play on each side. Um, but I wish the Racers and Dons got to play um, power conference schools. Those are my gripes. Other than that, I'm hyped and ready to go. See, that's nice. Twitter was very negative and people were very pissed off. At least the people I follow. It was as if like their own son was playing or something. But it's good to see you're a little more level-headed than those folks. I take pride in being level-headed. <laughs> Unless it's the Mariners. I'm yeah. pretty, you know, <laughs> good. rational level. thinker. All right. Uh, the one seeds, Gonzaga to no surprise at plus 325 to win it all. Baylor 10 to 1. Arizona plus 575. Kansas 7 to 1. Let's talk about some of the early line moves. Gonzaga opened laying 25 and a half against Georgia State. That's been bet down to 23 now. Arkansas opened laying six and a half against Vermont. That's now four and a half. Kentucky opened 15 and a half against St. Peter's, now 17. Tennessee opened laying 18 against Longwood. That's now 16 and a half. Illinois laying eight and a half against Chattanooga, now seven. Texas laying two against Virginia Tech, now one. Any of those stand out to you right now? Yeah, Illinois against Chattanooga and Arkansas against Vermont with obvious respect coming to the window for the mid-majors. Both teams very talented. Um, you know, one of our promises that we're going to go through is, is who are the dark horses that, that you think could, could make a run and also what are the top seeds that could be bounced this weekend. I love the 13 seeds in this tournament. Chattanooga, Vermont, both 13 seeds. South Dakota State, also a 13 seed against Providence. That game, essentially a pick em. I think Providence, only, as last I looked, is only a one and a half point favorite. And then Akron against UCLA. That game, I think Akron's a talented team. I think UCLA wins. But you look at those other three games, all four or all three of those four seeds, I think, could be in trouble uh, in the first round. Uh, let's start with Arkansas and Vermont. Not a great matchup for, for Vermont just because Arkansas plays such great defense. But Vermont is top 100 in offensive and defense efficiency. They rank third in effective field goal percentage and 38 in three-point three percentage. Um, and then you look at this. Arkansas is top 10 um, in terms of free throw attempts and also in terms of free throw percentage. They rely very, very heavily on getting to the free throw line. 22.5% of Arkansas's points come from the free throw line. That's ninth, ninth most in the country. Vermont ranks 17th defensively in terms of free throw attempts allowed. So I like the matchup for Vermont. Chattanooga and Illinois. Um, Kofi Coburn could dominate given that Chattanooga ranks 272nd in two-point percentage allowed. But this Chattanooga team can ball. And they've got a big man, Kansas transfer, Silvio D'Souza. Uh, and they also have a bunch of upperclassmen uh, spread around him. And so I think that's going to be a very good game. And then Providence, South Dakota State, plain and simple, South Dakota State is an elite offensive team. They rank 12th offensively, uh, number one in terms of effective field goal percentage, number one in three-point percentage. So if they're hot, they're going to beat anybody. They can beat anybody. Providence ranks 12th in free throw attempt percentage, um, but South Dakota State ranks 8th in free throw attempts allowed. So then, again, another good matchup of one team that likes to get to the free throw line, one team that doesn't allow many free throws, doesn't foul a whole lot. And Providence, we've seen every game's a heart attack. They play every game close. Um, and so I like all three of those teams to have a really strong chance to win. See, what stands out to me is any team getting... 25 and a half or now 23 points. But then I'm like, okay, they're playing Gonzaga. Like, do you see any value there? Or you kind of stay away from those. Just stay points? away. Yeah. I mean, they might There's cover. No you're going to see some of these big numbers cover. Yeah. 
But okay. do I want to start sweating a back door from Georgia State? Right. Not really. Yeah. So I will probably Understood. avoid. There are a couple lines in like the eight to nine range that we'll talk about more on Wednesday that, mm-hmm. that I think there are or there is really strong value because I think the underdog is, you know, you look at UAB uh, against, um, why can't I look at uh, Houston? UAB is mm-hmm. really good and they're getting eight. Yeah. I'll probably take UAB there. Um, but maybe dive that. Well, I mean, we talk about 12 five. There's so much to go over, but you pick what topic. Yeah. Go so I was going to say, so 12 seed to upset a five is, is that what that matchup would be? Yeah. yeah. It happens every year statistically. Um, you know, there's at least one 12 seed that beats a five seed. I do think that this is a year where I like the five seeds. Mm. You know, I I love, I mean, pulling up the bracket. I love UConn as a five seed. Um, that's a really fascinating matchup against New Mexico State. Both teams with a ton of size dominating the paint. Um, I love St. Mary's, but they're going to be playing the winner of Wyoming and Indiana. And both of those teams are really talented. And we've seen how hot Indiana is right now, making it all the way to the Big Ten final. Or sorry, the Big Ten, the semifinals. And they lost it a, a heartbreaker to Iowa on a buzzer beater. One of those teams wins that that first four game, coming with some momentum. They could have a chance to beat St. Mary's. I ultimately think St. Mary's wins that game. Uh, you go to the other side. Richmond going through and winning their conference tournament. Um, but they're playing Iowa, who's as hot as any team in the country. And Iowa has no business being a five seed, in my opinion. Um, and then I also, I think Houston's really talented. The reason why I would take UAB potentially, certainly I will take them to cover, um, but potentially UAB to win is because Houston's a terrible free throw shooting team. They rank, uh, they shoot the free, shoot free throws at 66.9%, one of the worst in the country. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're looking at potential backdoors, it's a close game. UAB is fouling, trying to narrow the margin. I mean, Houston's going to miss some of those. So um, that should be a really, really fun game. To recap, so dark horses, basically what are the main teams that you're looking at? And then what would you say are the top seeds that have the easiest path? Yeah, so uh, recapping, I love the 13 seeds, particularly Vermont, Chattanooga, and South Dakota State. I all think uh, they have chances to win. In terms of 12 seeds, I don't love the 12 fives this year. If anything, I'm looking at UAB over Houston, then Wyoming or Indiana over St. Mary's potentially. Uh, ultimately, in my bracket, I will probably take every five seed to win. And then I'll probably look to take some 12 seeds to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, some other dark horse I like based on their draw. I love Davidson, a 10 seed. Happy to fade Michigan State in the Big Ten in the first round. And I think they can beat Duke. And I know I'm I'm selling low on Duke because they didn't have a very impressive conference tournament, but this is a team that that's not playing well. They got smoked by North Carolina in Coach K's final game. Mm-hmm. This is a flawed team, elite talent wise, but they don't have an offensive identity outside of just playing isolation ball with Ben Caro. Defensively, they're not good. They've got a shot blocker and Williams in the middle. Yes, and I love Davidson in terms of how complete they are and and the way that they are going to be Duke. Um, I think is super possible. Now, could Duke win? Obviously, they're Duke, and they're the two seed for a reason. Um, Couture. That's what it is. Hunter Couture, not Cater. Yeah, okay. There we See, go. I, I was like, in my head, I was like, there we go. Teamwork makes the dream work here in the Blue Wire Studios. Um, but then I think we'll go to Chicago. It is the month of Sister Jean. Mm, uh, hard to fade her. I think they are going to beat Ohio State. They're favored as the 10 seed against 7 seeded Ohio State. 
Um, and then I think they have a chance to beat Nova. It's a tough draw in the second round for Nova. Um, they rank 42nd offensively, 22nd defensively in terms of efficiency, 16th in three-point percentage, 15th in two-point percentage. They don't really have a flaw outside of they don't really get on the offensive glass a whole lot. Other than that, they're very good on both sides of the ball. And then I sort of like uh, Colgate to beat Wisconsin because I think Wisconsin is flawed. I don't think it was, and I think they could potentially win a second round game against LSU or Iowa State. Um, but if Colgate's shooting the ball well, they can beat anyone. I think Wisconsin's pretty average, average offensively. So that's a lot. Well, but yeah. that's what I'm looking at. But I trust you. Like, really, you you know what you're talking about. So I'm going to give you my final four, and you can judge. You yeah, can judge. I was going to say on. judge me, but let's grade. Let's I mean, yeah, bring it on. Always judge me, but all right, I'm going to go. Never judge you. <laughs> Shocker here, Gonzaga, Kentucky, <laughs> and then Tennessee and Kansas. And I'm going to tell you why, and then you can tell me if you agree, yep. maybe even more reasons why I should. Uh, Gonzaga's pretty damn good. <laughs> Best team in basketball in every predictive metric stat right now. They have been for a month. Their defense is stellar. They're shooting 61% from the field. I would put my house on Chet Holmgren. <laughs> that kid is ridiculous. When I first watched him, my buddy's like, you see this kid play before? I was like, no. He's like, watch. I'm like, no way. I'm like, this boy's body, like, there's there's no way he can. His handles, the way he gets to the basket. It's I didn't crazy. know this. I was I was sitting at the, uh, before the tip-off of the WCC final with uh, Gonzaga St. Mary's. And the mm. guy I was with, Matt Mayoko, was like, he is he has blocked more shots than he's missed. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so, what a stat that And I'm just wondering too, like when he gets to the league, is he going to bulk up? And you know how Giannis, when he first got, like he, he wasn't as skinny as Chet is, but to, I just can't imagine that man with muscles. It's, it's very crazy. scary. Um, so yeah, Gonzaga. Okay. Kentucky, there's so much offensive talent on the team. Maybe the numbers aren't exactly there, but I think Kentucky is good enough. Expecting a bounce back from them. Tennessee has won seven straight, 12 of 13. Their defense ranks third in defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. So what I was doing too when I put together my bracket is on ESPN too, if you're not as familiar, you can kind of type on, uh, press on the little icon, the eye icon. I and it'll show um, you, and it'll show you nice. the stats matched up next to each other. And for me, I'm always looking, like I, I weigh a lot on defense because I do think that defense is the most important when it comes down to these big games. And Tennessee is great. Um, uh, in that area. So I went with Tennessee and then Kansas. I'm curious what you think about this because I couldn't find a ton of numbers where I was like, yeah, I really like this. But 19th in the country with a 48.1 field goal percentage, 25th in scoring. Uh, that guy, Ochai. Yep. Igbahi. Yep. Igbahi. He's yep. good. Yeah. But like, can I really base it off of one player? Kansas is really good. I think that's great. What, yeah, what else you got? In, in you and then Gonzaga to win, which I just feel like is Gonzaga sort of, to beat who? Gonzaga to beat. What did I have? <laughs> Joe has a lot of questions. Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah. No. No. Gonzaga to beat either Kansas or Tennessee. Uh, um, Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I like it a lot. It's very similar to mine. I have Kansas. I have Kentucky. I have Gonzaga. And then I have Arizona oh, wow. um, instead of Tennessee. But I did place a future on Tennessee at uh, 23 to 1. Because I have, I, I told you a couple weeks ago, I bet Texas Tech to win it all at 29 to 1. 
whichever side of the bracket they were on, they were on the left side of the bracket in the West region. Um, I wanted someone on the other side to also have a future to where the one in a million chance they meet in the national championship game um, and I just get to enjoy it uh, the way I almost got to enjoy a Bengals Niners Super Bowl. Um, so I like the three seeds this year. I think it, those are all really strong picks. Um, to me, Kentucky has arguably the easiest route to the national championship as any team in the entire field. Um, I don't think much of Baylor this year, uh, even though there's still a one seed. I don't think they're as good as the team last year. Um, Davion Mitchell losing him is the heart and soul of that team. Uh, Gonzaga, I have making it to the final four. So I agree with you there, although they make me nervous. I just have, I still have nightmares of that Baylor game where they were just, they are such an efficient team and they have scores all over the place, but they got bullied by a more athletic and physical team. And I'm worried about that happening again in the tournament this year. I think Arizona at its best is probably the best team in the country. Um, but I, I do worry about them having to go through either Tennessee or Villanova potentially Loyola, Chicago. I have them lose, or I have them winning it all though. Arizona beating Gonzaga in the national championship. I thought long and hard about Arizona and Kansas um, and decided to go with the Wildcats. Um, but it, it's all a crapshoot and that's the fun of it, sort of, mm -hmm. sort of. That's why I'm going to be probably ripping this thing up yeah. um, by the end of the weekend when the Sweet 16 comes to be. But yeah, I think your final four is great. And our mine is Thanks very, very know. similar. I just have, uh, I have Arizona over Gonzaga, which what a matchup that would be. Mark Fuse, longtime understudy, Tommy Lloyd, taking over Arizona in his first year playing Gonzaga and Mark Few in the national championship game. Woo! That'd be fun. Woo! <laughs> okay, I'm happy. So you graded my final four. I well. give it an A. Let's go, baby. It might turn out to be an F. You know, it very well, do. it really very well could be. But, I'm, but I'm, I'm with you. A question, do you, how many brackets do you make? One. You just make one. I might put it in different pools. I this is I this is my baby biggest March Madness hot take. You get one bracket. Okay. Now, if you're in a pool and you put in multiple brackets because it's allowed, that's fine because you're trying to, you know, play odds and 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 give yourself a better chance of winning money in your pool. But doing so excludes you from ever saying that you picked an upset. Do not be. That makes sense. That I picked this upset in one of my brackets, guy. No one wants to hear from you. But, like, no buts. <laughs> no, 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 no. However, no, however. <laughs> Brad Evans does a gut. He's like, this is my gut bracket. And then he dives deeper. I'm pretty sure that's what he means because I saw him tweet out our good friend Brad Evans. He came on the show. He'll kind of do like a gut bracket, his first reaction. And then he does a second or however many he does. Which is like the one I did because <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm so sharp with the college basketball. Is I sort of looked on a very surface level, and that's my first. And then tonight, I'm gonna go in really look at the numbers and be like, or after the show, yeah. does that is that allowed? No, you, <laughs> like, you can have like here's my first blush, what my thoughts are. But by tip off on Thursday morning, you have to have an official bracket with your picks okay. to be able to claim, like in one of my brackets, I had Colgate beating Wisconsin. All right, well, what about the other ones? You get no credit for that. No, no ifs, I no ands, that. no buts, no howevers. And I'm happy to talk to Brad Evans about this. <laughs> I think he would agree with me. I'm going to do a poll on Twitter after this. I have to, I'm curious. I feel like you're not alone. I get it. I get it. Again, you can have multiple brackets to increase your odds of winning in your pool well, you if can't. the rules are that multiple brackets are allowed and you can have okay. multiple entries. Fine. 
but you were then excluded from the conversation of bragging about picking any sort of upset. Okay. Period. Period. That's why March Madness hot. Mic drop. And I will die on that hill. <laughs> and we will get a poll on Twitter to see who agrees. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk free money. Win bets, basketball parlay bonus promo. All users can receive a $10 free bet, win, lose, or push. $20 four-leg parlay on basketball between Monday and Thursday. Go to winbet.com or download the WinBet app for official rules and details. And our secret word for this show is tourney time. T-O-U-R-N-E-Y. Tourney time. Uh, DM tourney time to the WinBet uh, Twitter account. Include your WinBet username and email for a $25 free bet. Terms and conditions apply. Free money! Let's talk winning picks. No college money, basketball. Money. Plenty of NBA. One NHL game. And you know I'm betting on that one game. Joe, what is your winning pick? Uh, I'm going to go with a first four matchup of Wyoming and Indiana. This is appointment viewing. What a way to start the tournament. Two teams I really enjoy. Wyoming is getting four points against Indiana. And I love them here. This is a team with strengths on strengths. Not a ton of edges here. Um, the one I look to is at the free throw line. Wyoming ranks 33rd in free throw attempt percentage. Uh, and Indiana ranks 191st in, team, in terms of free throws, uh, free throw attempts allowed. Indiana also ranks 234th in terms of free, their own free throw percentage, making 69.9%. Nice, but not really that nice because they struggle from the free throw line. And I think Wyoming getting four points is good value. So I'm going to take the Cowboys as the underdog against the Hoosiers on Tuesday. All right. Like I mentioned, one NHL game, and I've got, got we two We got somebody players. out here upset by that Someone's pick. disagreeing. Like, do you like Indiana? You'd prefer Indiana? We got a Hoosier out here. I'm sorry. They might still win. They're just only going to win by three. And I'm going to win my bet. <laughs> he just needs them. He just needs one team to cover. That's all. Uh, one NHL game. give me so much attitude. All right? Now I want this to catch even more. Yeah, yeah. I, want, I want him to come that's back on Wednesday. That's what it really matters. Yep, that's what it really matters. Uh, one NHL game. I've got two plays for you. Coyotes and Senators. I see value with the Coyotes at plus money on the money line and their team total. So you can get them at plus 142 on the money line. Team total over two and a half at minus 120 is what I played it at. I'd play over three at plus money as well. But two and a half will be my winning pick. They've hit their team total in seven of their last 10 on the season, they're one of the worst offenses, but recently, so far in March, they're averaging a league high 5.2 goals per game with a 4-1-0 record. Their goaltending with Wedgwood and Vimalka has been top 10 with a 91.5 save percentage combined. And believe it or not, the team's shooting percentage has been a league best, fourth best in hockey. So oftentimes we'll say, Coyotes, yeah, I'm going to fade them. I'm not fading them. I'm backing them. I especially like the matchup against Philip Gustavon in net for the senator. Yeah. <laughs> Gustafson. Gustavo. That's I think the guy Gustafson. From, that's the guy from Beauty and the Beast. Oh, <laughs> Gustafson. And for the Senators, he's one eight and Gaston, one in I his think last is that name. He's one eight and one in his last ten, allowing around four goals a game in that stretch. So I love that two and a half team total. The Senators are allowing the six most shots per game. So, in conclusion, the Yotes should have plenty of opportunities to continue their little hot streak, or we see the expected regression, and I go Just back to the fading Yotes. them. <laughs> the Yotes. Oh. The Yotes. The Yotes. Our Yotes. Um, but the regression could be coming, and then I'll have to go back to fading them. But for now, I'm all over that money line and team total. Coyotes money line and team total. 
Yes, sir. I'm going to tail it. Plus money. I like it. I like it a lot. It's down. All right. So Wednesday, we will get more into those games. We'll talk some of the lines and make some picks. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of picks. Lots of picks. Can't wait. I will too. I will too. Instead of just throwing one or two out there, I will be on full board. I love it. (laughs) Me and Joe. Me and you, Joey. All right, y'all. It's episode 51. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys on Wednesday.